Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 40, Going with the Ebb and Flow Tao moves by returning. Tao functions by weakness. All things under heaven are born of being. Being is born of non-being. That's verse 40 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Tao Huang. Next, let's break it down. This verse pretty much has one part to it, and that's the idea of the ever-in-motion Tao. At least that's my interpretation of it. We say that Tao moves by returning, and it functions by weakness. It's basically this always-not-there, therefore-always-there <laughs> type thing. And, you know, this isn't a new concept for us. We've seen many times over um, how Lao Tzu describes the Tao as this ever-in-motion thing, things going from being into non-being. And, um, you know, so this verse is kind of just really summing up that particular concept. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for this verse. So just to wrap it up, let's remember that verse 40 has one part. <laughs> okay, so let's put that back together. I'll read verse 40 one more time. Tao moves by returning. Tao functions by weakness. All things under heaven are born of being. Being is born of non-being. 
Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering going with the ebb and flow. There are two things. One is ebb, and the other one is flow. I look out over the cliff and see blue sky meeting the deeper blue of the ocean. Little white caps are popping up everywhere on the sea. The water seems to be glittering as the sun is reflected off of it at different times. I feel the warmth of the sun on my face and shoulders. Then a breeze blows by, cooling me off for a moment. There's a path along the side of the cliff well-worn, that leads down to the water. It's not so steep as it switches back a couple of times, and I walk down it. At the bottom, I step into the sand and take off my shoes. The sand is warm. The breeze is a little stronger now, but not overpowering. I hear the water rolling in, then receding, rolling in, then receding. This is a tiny beach one that has about 30 feet of sand before it meets the water. I look out at the ocean, enjoying a different, equally beautiful view than the view I had up top for about 15 minutes. Then, I go back up the cliff and continue with my day. Before the sun goes down, I want to take one last look at the water up close. So I walk down the path, and things look different. Instead of 30 feet of sand, there's now almost double that. The beach, it seems, has grown. The breeze isn't as strong, and the water is quieter. There are wet-looking rocks and outcroppings where before there was only the water. There is no longer a sense of full power here. Instead, I get a subdued sense. It's not as exciting as before. I head back up the path and go to sleep. So the tide rolling out seems like kind of a letdown, doesn't it? (laughs) At least it does for me at first glance. I mean, the raw energy of the sea just isn't there. In other aspects of my life, there are similar situations. I read a book, and after it's done, I feel a little empty inside. And same with a good series that I've binge-watched. I feel these little letdowns at the end of every week. I know I need rest, but making the transition from working to restful just seems to take effort. Winding down is a term I've heard before to describe this. And with my wife, sometimes there are really happy moments. And sometimes they're just eh, moments. Times when we're just coexisting and nothing too much is going on. And of course with friends, there's a party or an event and it's great and everyone has a great time. The following day, when things are getting cleaned up, we tell each other stories about what happened and who said what and how funny things got. And the excitement just doesn't feel the same as it did in the moment. So yeah, we're talking about the ebb part of things, the Tao's reversion, the weakness that overcomes strength and the non-being 
that births the being. Until recently, I have mentally and emotionally resisted the ebb, kind of with the attitude that it is something that is necessary but to be endured, not welcomed or even grown into. I mean, once I get into a relaxed state on the weekend, I do enjoy it since there's not a lot going on and I'm okay with sitting still. It feels good, even. It's the same with a creative project that I've been working on. Many times, the vision in my head is screaming to get out, and everything I write, every video I create, every book I read, or every little piece of progress I make on the model I'm building says, yes, more, more. We're not done yet. We must keep going. Taking a break now will only delay the gift that is waiting to reveal itself to us. And of course, I say yes, but we need to take a little break. Otherwise, we won't finish the way we want. So the other part of me says, well, what if we just do this little thing over here? We can rest while we work on more mundane aspects of the project. <laughs> I'll admit this sounds a little crazy, referring to myself as us and arguing with ourselves. <laughs> but I bet you can relate. I mean, we're all a little crazy, aren't we? I think the craziest part about all of this is that when I'm in flow, I want to stay there, and I don't want to make the transition to ebb. It feels like a loss of energy, of momentum, of excitement. Only, I don't think it's really a loss. I think it's more of a state change that involves less energy. You know, like going from action to non-action. I'd like to work on appreciating the ebb for myself. Until now... I'd seen it as a nuisance, but when I've been able to embrace it and I take it as an equally beautiful part of the journey, my perspective changes a little. In our beach example, there is more activity I can see, actually. It's a little more subtle, but it's there, and it can be very interesting. The way the rocks look, maybe some are smooth, maybe some are scraggy. The horizontal lines on them that indicate just how much time has passed since they've been there. The little bubbles and the now revealed wet sand that betray the tiny crabs or other creatures that make their home there. Personally, after a week of effort and active creation, I can spend a little more time being still, practicing focusing my thoughts. I can appreciate my wife as just being there and are dwelling with me. Just being, not really doing anything. I can notice her energy and get in touch with my appreciation for her and her company. I can bask in the afterglow of a get-together with friends. Not needing to relive anything from the previous event, I can just allow myself to be grateful for the experience. So it turns out for me that the more I practice appreciating being in the ebb of things, the more I realize that a lower state of energy doesn't mean it's a letdown. It's actually an opportunity to notice even more things, subtle things, things that are always there but are covered up a bit by a higher volume of energy when in the flow state. The ebb, it would seem, is an equally beautiful state of lower energy. flow. It's morning time. I look out over the cliff 
and see blue sky meeting the deeper blue of the ocean. Little white caps are popping up everywhere on the sea. The water seems to be glittering as the sun is reflected off of it at different times. I feel the warmth of the sun on my face and shoulders. Then a breeze blows by, cooling me off for a moment. There is a path along the side of the cliff, well-worn, that leads down to the water. It's not so steep, and as it switches back a couple of times, I walk down it. At the bottom, I step into the sand and take off my shoes. The sand is warm. The breeze is subtle, caressing my skin as I close my eyes for a moment and appreciate it. I hear little trickles of water find crannies in rocks and flow through them. Little bubbles are forming, then popping on the wet sand that meets the water about 50 feet away. It's peaceful. I express a moment of appreciation for it all, then go back up the cliff and continue with my day. After lunch, I go back down to see the water again. I can hear it about halfway down. It's louder now. At the bottom, I stand there, my hair being blown about by a stronger breeze. I can smell the sea, a mixture of fish, seaweed, and salt. And the way the waves break on the rocks, this wasn't happening before. They roll in, powerful, and when they meet with a rock, it sounds like a wet smack. Water and foam spraying all over the place. I can see the sun reflected in the little droplets. This is exciting. I feel the raw power of the ocean and consider myself beside it. It feels good to know that I am small next to this energy. Recharged and ready for the rest of the day, I head back up the path. Flow is easy to appreciate, isn't it? You know, when good things just keep happening. There are times when I have a connection with my wife. We'll experience something together and we'll look at each other excited about the possibilities. There's a sparkle in her eye and one in mine, and we enthusiastically join hands and move toward the experience. It can be as simple as going to the grocery store or as exhilarating as taking an international trip. It doesn't matter. We've connected and are sharing something wonderful. Each other. At work, I've just gotten the go-ahead for a project I've been wanting to do because it'll let me exercise my creativity a bit. Or a new opportunity arises, and I'm grateful it's here, in my lap, waiting for me to tear the wrapping paper off and get to work. With friends, it's a trip we're going on together. Or a party. During the time together, we laugh, we share jokes, we dazzle each other with who can stand on one leg the longest or talk smack while playing cards. Flow. When energy seems to be moving around, energizing everything. When welcomed, it feels fulfilling and good. And one of the mistakes I make is to relish the flow too much. It's easy to do for sure. When things are good, I attach to that feeling of goodness, of energy, and I never want it to stop. In fact, I feel like this is a natural reaction to flow. Kind of like a default attitude when that energy is flowing in, around, and through me. I have learned, though, 
that I can appreciate the feeling of flow without trying to hold on to it. Like the ebb, the flow has its own set of unique experiences. And, like the ebb, the flow is impermanent. Like the ebb, it comes and goes continuously. Lao Tzu says, All things under heaven are born of being. Being is born of non-being. So everything comes from nothing. (laughs) It's the constant motion, the ebb and the flow that creates things. Like the one magnet with the two poles, the Tao is both being and non-being. We're constantly experiencing this cosmic flux. So for me, I ask, why should I only appreciate flow? Can I not be grateful for the whole thing and embrace ebb as well? Can I not see the ebb as an equally beautiful part of the Tao? One I can look forward to? What's the reason I can't appreciate them both? Hmm. When something doesn't go my way, can I recognize it as ebb? You know, like sometimes I'm happy and sometimes I'm sad. Could I find joy in both states? Thanks for visualizing this verse with me today. I'd like us to consider how we can observe the ebb and flow of things, trying to embrace both as they occur. Especially when things don't go our way. Couldn't that just be the Tao doing its thing? So let's go ahead and wrap it up. To summarize my experience with this verse today and considering going with the ebb and flow of things, I thought about two things. I thought about ebb and I thought about flow. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of going with the ebb and flow in this verse today by practicing ebb. How do we practice ebb and flow? Well, I think we do this naturally. An easy way to observe is our waking hours and our sleeping hours. There is flow we look forward to and ebb we look forward to. But what about when ebb happens when we don't want it to? What about when we're feeling good in flow or we're trying to get into flow and it just isn't happening? Yesterday, after meditation, I was ready to spring up and exercise some flow energy. I hopped on a remote call ready to discuss some community stuff. And about 10 minutes in, I felt sleepy. (laughs) The presentation wasn't as engaging as I thought it might be, and the content covered things I kind of already knew. Before reading this verse, I would have turned off my video, turned down the volume of the call, and thought of ways to excuse myself. (laughs) I didn't really want to be a part of it. But then the ebb part of this verse came into my mind. What would it look like, I asked myself, if I embraced this call and saw it as an opportunity to practice the ebb of things? Certainly, there was nothing inherently wrong with getting sleepy during a presentation. (laughs) That's just the way of things. Were there other things that I could have been doing? Yeah, absolutely. There are always things that can be done. As one of my dear friends once told me, Dan, the work will always be with you. (laughs) So I used the time as it was given to me to practice ebb. And you know what? 
After I stopped resisting being on the call, I was able to notice other things about it and have different productive thoughts. It caused me to ask why I was a part of the organization in the first place, and I realized that I had some introspection to do there. Until then, I had just been going through the motions. But this gave me an opportunity to consider how I might use my role in the community for deeper personal development. So what else does Ebb look like? Well, perhaps it's a conversation that takes an unsavory turn. Perhaps it's an unexpected reaction from a loved one. It could look like a work policy that seems to be restrictive. Or the person in front of you while you're in traffic. It might even look like listening to a friend when you don't have the time. So, I'd like to invite you to fully participate in the ebb of things, even if you don't think they should be happening, or if you're in the middle of trying to get into the flow of things. If it's not the time to flow, but you want to flow, consider leaving that will to flow alone, and allow the ebb to work its own unique magic. When I practiced this yesterday, I found that instead of feeling like I had run out of productive time, I was actually able to be more present for the rest of the day, which of course led to more getting done, though that could have been okay if it didn't. I just felt this newfound way of being able to appreciate more in life. (laughs) And all it took was a little non-action. I wish for you the same. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 40 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Tao Huang. Tao moves by returning. Tao functions by weakness. All things under heaven are born of being. Being is born of non-being. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. 
Thanks for listening.